Brooke Phillips. Brooke, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Brooke Phillips. I am the Director of Audience Retention for our growth team at Meredith, specifically focused on Meredith Digital Properties. My team is responsible for our email program as well as our notification program, so browser notifications as well as Apple notifications. We have a team of writers, so folks who are putting together and packaging um, all of the great content that we have um, into our emails as well as our notifications. And then we've got a team of people who are responsible for um, the production side of things. So working in the Cheetah platform, um, getting all of those uh, messages and campaigns set up. We also have a team that is responsible for the strategy for each of the programs aligning with the other stakeholders on the brands. So with the editorial teams and the GMs of the brands and then the people on a growth team, uh, we all sort of work together to really establish um, what it is we're doing and the goals that we're setting for each of the brands. It's a big team and we get a lot of work done and a lot of notifications and communications out to our users. Um, and then we also work really closely with other members on our growth team, um, our platform team, um, who you know, really make sure that the data is flowing back and forth between the Meredith database and our various platforms. Um, and then we've got a team of conversion um, folks who are primarily focused on the acquisition of our email addresses that we use um, for our email programs. Sounds like your team plays the role of gatekeeper over there at Meredith. How do you manage what content is presented to your audience? We're reaching millions and millions of people through our various notifications and email program. And, you know, we've got lots of people that want to use those outlets to reach our audience. So we have to sort of have these, like I said, and you said, gatekeepers to really get an understanding of what we're, what are the goals that we actually need to achieve and sort of be that filter of saying, you know, yes, we should be reaching our audience with this information or, you know, we need to find a different outlet. <clears throat> but really, yeah, you're right. We are the sort of gatekeepers to decide if, if this is an ask that we really should put in front of our audience or if it's something that maybe uh, we should look elsewhere. Um, and when it all comes to the data, you know, as well, like we want to make sure that we're collecting the correct data, we're collecting the right data that we're going to actually be using and that we're, you know, transferring the data from our database to, um, you know, our third parties like Cheetah or, you know, what we use for notifications um, the right way and the way that we're going to execute on it. So it really does have to all tie to that together from collection to transfer to actual execution. And that's why we are such a cohesive team that we work so closely together um, to make sure that that's as seamless as possible. We really can't execute on anything or do anything without the communication and the way that we're set up to be able to make things actually happen. We can't we can't do the programs that we want to do without the um, you know upfront collection of the email address and then the pass to the database and then the pass to our system. Like we just can't execute unless we're all making sure that we're our ducks are in a row. <laughs> What does online engagement look like for Meredith? What it means for, um, for our team and the retention team on the digital side, um, you know, we have those basic metrics, right? We're looking at open rates. We're looking at click-through rates. We're looking at then on-site engagement, page views per visit, time on-site, um, video views, all that good stuff too. But, you know, one of the big metrics that my team is focused on is really that long-term engagement. You know, I mentioned the, our cohesive group of uh, people that work so closely together. You know, our, our conversion team works so hard to gather those email addresses from the various sources that we collect email addresses. And it's so important for us to make sure that we can keep those email addresses as long as we can. 
you know, collecting them, sending out an email, and then them never engaging is worthless to Meredith, right? We want to have people that are quality users that come in, engage with our content, but not only engage with it right away, engage with it for a long period of time. So we're looking at time periods of six months to a year and really, you know, making sure that we can slowly but surely make that experience better and keep them on file longer by various different leverages that we can pull through testing or personalization. You know, we're monitoring that long-term engagement very closely so that we can keep those people that we've worked so hard to acquire longer. How does Meredith look to keep its fans engaged over a longer period of time and introduce them to other brands and titles? One thing that's really pretty unique to Meredith is we have such a, a large breadth of brands uh, at our sort of at our disposal, right? So if we see that someone might be starting to phase out on one of our brands, we can give them an offer for one of our other brands to try to re-engage them, keep them a, a member of Meredith, um, but take them in a different direction. So if we see someone, you know, coming in on the parents' brand and we see that you know their child is hitting that 18 month mark and they're starting to become unengaged can we hit them with an offer for one of our food brands or one of our home brands to try to take them in a little bit of a different direction but keep them engaged with meredith overall keep them coming to one of our various sites that we have um, you know that's a big goal for us is to sort of cross pollinate or to um, expand our memberships per brand so we want to have you know, ideally, it would be, you know, our goal to have, you know, you be part of not only one of Meredith's properties, but, but multiple, right? So um, within our messages, within our newsletters, within our programs, within our Cheetah experiences, you know, we're not only collecting opt-ins from a single brand, but we're collecting opt-ins and bringing promotions um, to light from our various properties. So for example, um, <clears throat> You know, we, within our, let's say our Glow newsletter, which is one of our beauty focused newsletters that's sort of, um, you know, a, a cross brand newsletter, uh, we're driving people to about four or five different sites at Meredith. So once they're, you know, collected onto that list, we're then promoting them to InStyle or Hello Giggles or to Shape or to Health. And so learning about the various properties that Meredith has and then potentially getting hooked onto one of those other brands newsletters. Um, we're also just doing promotion within our existing newsletters to say, hey, um, you know, this is a, <clears throat> um, this is a food newsletter and, um, you know, you might, we're featuring vegetarian this week. Um, maybe you'll be interested in our eating well balanced newsletter. So we're trying to always sort of get people aware of the various brands that Meredith has um, by doing that cross promotion within our existing, you know, promotions that we have. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you, you hit the email on newsletters through email. We've got our interactive experiences. Are they quizzes or sweepstakes along those lines? Yeah, quizzes, <clears throat> photo contests. Um, you know, we, we're starting to sort of dive into that. Polls, um, you know, various things like that that we're using the experiences for. And then, uh, yeah, obviously we have social. We just, you know, sort of, that's key. But the one that I, I, I found, um, yeah, particularly interesting that you guys, are, I think, are used very well is, is, is browser notifications. Yeah. Is, is, could you just, uh, merely to educate me a bit, if anything else, um, yeah. could you just tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, we launched the, our browser program about a year and a half ago. Um, we now have it on about 18 of our properties. 
um, you know, we decided to keep it with the retention team and the team that's focused on email because it really is that outward communication to those who have opted into, you know, have a communication pipeline with us. <clears throat> so it really made sense to have the same team, you know, working on that. And I'm really glad because there's so many um, similarities um, to browser and email and that you can create segments, do targeting, collect keyword information. It's a really similar type of way of communicating with, a, with a, an opted in or a, a hand raiser. Um, so, you know, our team, you know, people who are actually putting together our emails are also then um, setting up our notifications. So if we've got an email that's coming out about, um, you know, some, you know, trending um, new pumpkin spice cookie that's coming out, um, maybe it's a great opportunity to then take that brand new piece of content um, and push it out as a notification. So, um, you know, they're learning what, um, you know, what content's doing well from one particular channel where we're reaching out through email and applying that same knowledge um, to our notifications. If you're seeing their engagement kind of trending down, when is the perfect time to start asking them to kind of cross Pollinate. There's always re-engagement programs and some brands we have them and some brands we don't. Honestly, we don't feel at that point of, you know, right before we start to, you know, filter them off or scrub our list. I think it's too late at that point. So really we want to try to cross pollinate almost as early as we can. And that's sort of been our, our mentality is, you know, really focus on those more engaged users. If we do have someone who is going to lapse, they're probably going to lapse, right? If we have someone who is engaged and has been engaged, that's the most optimal time to get them to then convert to something that, you know, that we are pushing towards them. If they are viewing us as a trusted brand that they're already engaging with, they might trust that promotion a little bit more to then engage with one of our other brands versus someone who's kind of lax and you know, not as likely to sort of take one of our promotions. So our, our targeted, you know, selections to get people to cross pollinate is more so focused on the, the highly engaged people, because then we can ultimately just keep those highly engaged people engaged longer. As a media company, you guys have a really unique opportunity where you can capture so much data. You have all of these different angles you're coming off of. What's been your focus on trying to build that database up? I think there's a really fine line um, with data collection and, you know, specifically for our team and what, and what we're focused on, it's, it's trying to understand that balance, right? We want to make the, um, the barrier to entry as, as low as possible. So I think it's, we have to be really mindful with how much data we are needing and wanting to collect up front. And if that's going to put people off, is there an opportunity to do progressive profiling and try to get that information later on? Once you've built up a little bit of trust, let's then see what kind of information you're willing to give us that we can then make your experience a little bit better. What we're focused on on the growth team is really those data points that are going to make a user's experience better and, and feel more personal to them, right? We don't need to collect a bunch of data that we're not going to be using. So I think it's really important to say, okay, if it's a must piece of data that we need to collect at the, you know, at the conversion stage, um, that needs to be really important data that we need to use to either execute our program or, um, you know, it really doesn't make sense to not collect that. So for example, um, on our parents' websites. So, 
you know, all of our messaging for parents is broken out by, you know, the age or are you pregnant? Are you trying to conceive? You have a one-year-old, a three-year-old. So we need that information up front um, to be able to make our messages relevant to the user. So that's a piece that we feel is pretty important that we need to collect up front rather than after the fact. Obviously, we're really focused on like behavioral data, right? So data that's, you know, at a user level, what are you doing? Are you opening? Are you clicking? Are you, you know, what are the actions that you're doing on site? What kind of information is it that's going to you know, put you into different buckets of power user, core user, which is all sort of behind the scenes, right? And that's information that we just use to make the experience better. It's always interesting to hear what's going on behind the scenes. Could you elaborate a little more? It's kind of an interesting project that we're doing again to, to cross pollinate and to make the experience better and longer for people is we're sort of calling it our tagging project. We're using Cheetah tagging campaign and URL level tagging and we're starting to slowly build up a little mini database of behavioral tags on various topics and it's sort of, you know, as we do it, we're learning um, you know, the degree of detail we need to have in our sort of keywords, our tags, you know, we want, we don't want to go too broad, but we don't want to go too narrow where then our segments are super small, but we're starting to sort of build up these various keywords that now we can um, create different segments on and do different targeting or different messages or different promotions with dynamic blocks. Um, an example with, with the new pet site, we, over the last probably four or five months, have been tagging campaigns or links within our other brands newsletters that is relevant to pet information. So a lot of our home brands like Better Homes and Gardens and, and Martha Stewart do a lot of pet content on their sites. So anytime anybody's clicking on those, you know, they're, they're getting pets, you know, added to their profile within Cheetah. So now what we're doing now with Daily Paws now rolled out as a new site, we're starting to create these segments to now put in promotions within our newsletters for those people who have previously been engaged with pet content on our other brands, promotions to sign up and check out our new pet site. We're also doing dedicated messages to say, hey, come check out our new pet site, opt into our newsletters and engage over here as well. Um, because we know in the past that you've liked some sort of pet content from one of our other brands. Can you talk to us about how you digitally support the relationships you have with your affiliates at Meredith, which is obviously a very important part of the business? We have a lot of affiliate content and a big affiliate program at Meredith where, um, you know, a lot of our content on on-site is linking to various affiliates. And that's a big part of, of what we do from email is, is offer different you know, types of, of products that are sort of have the stamp of approval from our brands. Um, you know, our, our editors are saying we like this product enough to write about it or we think that, you know, this product is good enough that you should go check it out. So again, that might be another opportunity to put in front of someone instead of that cross brand, instead of that, um, you know, additional newsletter sign up. So again, we're just trying to get some engagement out of them rather than always focus on one single goal of either cross pollination or more newsletters we are able to surface a wide variety of different promotions to people. And I think that all sort of adds up to that, that long-term engagement goal, right? We want to try a bunch of different things that might, might work and might hook for somebody. And that might then make them stay with our brand a little bit longer or our company a little bit longer. Not only with affiliates, we're, we're in the advertising business, right? So making sure that um, that experience is, is good not only for the advertisers on our site, 
um, but for the users who are visiting those sites. So there is that fine balance there as well. My favorite terms <laughs> is like the, the retention um, umbrella and how, how that works. It's a balance of making sure that they have opportunity to see the promotions, right? I mean, we know that there's so much that people are consuming every day that they're not gonna always see the first time we send them something or the first time a promotion is shown to them. So I think it's, it's understanding um, the right amount of times to push something to someone, um, but also then saying, okay, they weren't interested. Let's try something else, right? Like let's not, um, let's not work too hard if this person is not interested and we feel like they've had the, the plenty of opportunities to, to engage with it. So let's try a different angle, right? Or maybe, you know what, maybe they're fine with not going to another brand, but maybe they'd be interested in something additional from this brand, right? So maybe it's not, um, not let's, let's not push them to another brand to get them to be members of both. Let's get them to be a deeper loyalist to a single brand. So uh, maybe that means another newsletter. Maybe that means um, surfacing um, a paid product. Um, maybe that means um, getting them involved with a quiz or a poll or just to sort of get some more out of them. Um, so I think there's a, a few different angles that we can sort of take and again, levers we can pull depending on sort of what we're trying to do. But with all of this, how are you seeing COVID affecting the industry and how do you think that that's going to kind of change the entire future, like moving forward? This has been a wild ride for everybody, obviously. And um, it's been really interesting to see how our various brands have sort of ebbed and flowed throughout the last six months of the pandemic. And, um, you know, at the beginning of it with, you know, so much unknown and, you know, people were literally just ravenous for content, um, you know, our impressions and our performance was just through the roof because people just wanted to consume so much information. So, um, you know, for, for us, for a lot of our brands, it's been really, it's been really powerful, um, especially during the pandemic in the beginning of it. Um, you know, like our, our food brands, you know, with people having to cook at home, um, they've been seeing really incredible metrics. Um, you know, people making bread at home, takeout recipes, lookalike recipes, um, pantry recipes, things that, you know, weren't popping necessarily before all of a sudden started popping again. Um, our health brand obviously had an incredible um, spring because we were just putting out so much good information about what people needed to know um, right then and there, almost kind of treating it as a, as a news outlet. And we even shaped some of our, our newsletter offerings um, to sort of cater to that. So we basically created a, a news, a daily, uh, you know, these are the three pieces of content you need to know from health.com today. Um, and we sort of created these coronavirus type um, dedicated messages right at the beginning of the pandemic to really sort of get that information out to people as much as possible. My hope is that, you know, since we were putting out such great and relevant content during these last six months that people have really sort of built up that trust with our brands that, you know, hopefully as we round the corner out of the pandemic that they'll continue to look to us for that relevant um, and trusted information. I'd just love to kind of get your take on that trust piece and where, if you have something very important to say, what channel should you be pushing that out? I think it's important for brands to have their messaging consistent throughout all their channels, really. 
during the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, that was a big moment for brands to sort of make a stance and, and you know, surface what they felt was appropriate for their brand. And certainly, um, you know, Meredith brands partook in that. And, and, you know, we tried to surface that not only on social, but the way that we're writing content on our sites and the way that we're talking about issues. And I think that just translates into every single channel then, right? I will say that email is a little bit easier and that we send our message out and people can unsubscribe. The purity of an email unsubscribe is, is, is actually is a beautiful thing. Another thing just to sort of speak about that too is social and SEO are having to compete with the algorithms, right? And that's another beauty about email and notifications is Ours is a direct one-to-one -one line directly to our users where we have 100% control of what they're getting and we're in a really private space. Their inbox outlets like social and SEO are really heavily dependent on those other third-party algorithms. This has been great. Thanks so much for dropping by, Brooke. We really appreciate you taking the time to share a bit of your knowledge with our guests. Looking forward to seeing some more great work come out of the Meredith team.